We come to the final Sunday of Upside Down Kingdom, and we all say, aww, right? Um, all throughout this series, as we've been reading along with our chapter a day, that's just what we do here at ECC, so if you want to jump on board, uh, that would be great. We've been reading through Luke, uh, but we've been looking at the parables of Jesus throughout all the Gospels, of what Jesus has to say to us about the kingdom of God. And I don't know about you, but something that has been really blatant to my spirit that I have missed every other time growing up, reading these parables time after time, going through Sunday school with the flannel graph, remember that, and all those different parables. This is what did not jump out to me. But throughout all the parables we've been reading, Jesus is asking us a very, very important question. And throughout the parables, and we're even going to see it today, Jesus is asking a question that goes like this. Are you listening? Are you listening? It doesn't jump off the page right away. We go right to the content of the story. We want to get to what the story means. And Jesus says, You're not going to get to anything unless you're listening. And so, today, I've always been dying to practice my stand-up comedy skills. And so, today just leans right to it. So, here we go. Three men walking, three, three old guys walking down the road. The first guy says... It's windy out today. And the second guy says, no, it ain't. It's Thursday. And the third guy says, yeah, me too. Let's go get a drink. (laughs) Are you listening? So let's just really, let's have fun. Let's, Let's show of hands here. How many of you would truly stand up with confidence and say, I'm a good listener? I have been. I've grown to be a good listener. No shame. Good listeners. Come on, my wife should be raising her hand. She's an incredible listener. Yeah. Now, how many of you would say, that ain't me? (laughs) Okay. All right. And how many of you aren't listening? (laughs) That's perfect. All right. Speaking of listening, who's on Team Yanni? Social media people, who's on Team Yanni? Who's on Team Laurel? Who has no idea what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, social media, do you remember that on Facebook, that what color is the dress? It's either white or gold, right? Well, this is, those of you who don't kind of spend time on social media, this is about what you hear. You're either going to hear one of two things, or if you hear something other than the other two, you're really weird, okay? So, let's play it and tell me what you think. What do you hear? Volume? Laurel. 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 Team Laurel. 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 Those are the smart ones. Laurel. Those are the spiritually insightful ones. Those are the blessed children from Abraham's bosom. (laughs) Who's Team Yanni? Yeah, you remember the sheep and the goats story? Yeah, no. How many of you just can't understand why you heard Yanni? I mean, who? there is no Yanni in there. 
but I'm team Laurel, right? And the Yannis are like, I don't hear Laurel. Well, what this is about is the condition of your hearing. Your hearing, your ears tune in to different frequencies. And they've made it and mastered it in a way that allows you to hear one or the other. And isn't it interesting about listening that Jesus says, are you listening? Is this, get, get this, the condition of your listening determines your understanding of the kingdom of God. The condition of what you tune your hearing and the frequency to in the heavenly realms, the spiritual realms, is absolutely essential to understanding the kingdom of God, truth as truth. Not what we want to hear. How often have you grown up in a church or known a Christian that they just believe what they want to hear? They hear a scripture and they take that scripture out of the entire Bible and they make their platform of their belief and they say, this is what the kingdom of God is. And they are totally off. Why? They're not listening. They're not listening. Jesus said time and time and time again, listen and understand before he starts the parable. He's giving a warning. Look, listen and understand. Why? Because he's going to speak in a parable. What is a parable? A parable is a simple story that Jesus makes up to illustrate one point. One point. How often do we dig in the parable and try to get the spiritual dissertation out of a parable? One point. And here's the thing. Why he says listen and understand. Because those who aren't truly listening and seeking the truth will miss it. And that's why so many people, even the disciples that followed and lived with Jesus, saw the incredible wonders and even cast out demons in Jesus' name. They saw the ministry. They didn't get it. Why? They weren't listening. They weren't listening. And in order to listen to the voice of God is to listen to the word of God. And we need to tune in and listen to what God is speaking, not to our physical ears, but the ears of our hearts and our spirits. This is something that can be difficult if you haven't practiced it. But as you practice it, it becomes a lifestyle. And if I'm being completely honest with you, listening's not my strongest suit. Now, when I know that my wife really needs to talk and needs to process, I'm a fantastic listener because she gives me a heads up and says, listen and understand. And then after she's done sobbing and crying and we hug and kiss and make up, or maybe we're not even making up, I'm just listening. She says, thank you so much for listening. And then I say, to what? <laughs> she's caught on to me by now, so it doesn't phase her. But I do, I struggle with hearing the word. So 
many times I just see red ink or black ink and words, and then I just go back to my normal autopilot, my training as a child, of whatever I was taught, that's where I go. And God's saying, look, the kingdom of God is so much bigger than that. You need to hear what I say through my word. And just to give you, if, if, if you feel alone right now and you feel like you just don't get it, you're not alone. My wife caught me in action not listening. And here's a video clip. Impossible. Amazingly delicious Friars ice cream for 330 calories a pint. Now, like father, like son. New Friars delights. Indulge without all the guilt. Cleaning floors with a mom and bucket is a And what's hilarious about it is it's a commercial. It's a commercial for what? Uh, Briar's ice cream, I think it was. And so often, I am just not listening. What about you? Are you listening about what's most important? The kingdom of God. Because Jesus brought the kingdom of God and said, the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. Listen and understand. So how, how do you know? How do you know that you're truly listening to the word of God? How do you know? Here's three practical ways. Number one, you hear it. First, you have to open your ears to the frequency. And you hear it. Some of you are, are um, audible people. You need to hear the word with your physical ears. Some of you are visual. You need to see the words. Some of you are artistic. Not autistic, artistic and creative and so you need to see pictures. You need to see videos. Some of you are musical. So you need to hear a song. Whatever way it is, you need to engage with the word so that you're hearing the frequencies of the kingdom of God. Number two, you need to receive it. You need to receive it. You need to allow it to go from your physical ears and your mind to your spirit and to your heart and allow it to take Root, that's number three. You need to apply it so that it takes root. And it just doesn't fizzle when it's put to the test. That's how we listen to what Jesus is saying about the word of God. We have so many people who are Christians who say or say they are Christians and they have never heard the good news about the kingdom of God because they're not listening. They're just going through the motion. They're not in a relationship so they can't hear the Father's voice. Do you know, I've been married 15 years now and I can hear Lauren's voice a mile away. I can recognize her voice amongst any other female voice. It's because I'm in a relationship with my wife. And we live life together. And I'm in tune to her frequency. Are you in tune to the Father's frequency? Are you hearing his voice? Are you listening to his word? And so these past four weeks, as we wrap this series up, 
I'm going to ask you and ask myself, what have you heard? What have you heard? What do you hear? If you missed a series, please catch it online. You don't want to miss this stuff. So week one, we talked about the parable of the pearl of greatest price and the treasure that the man hid, and it was of great value. So what did you hear? Did you hear that the kingdom of God is the everlasting rule and reign of God? It's not a place. It's not a realm. It's not a people. It's God's rule and reign over everything. Did you hear that the kingdom of God was his rule and his reign over everything? And did you hear that the kingdom of God is absolutely, immeasurably, incomparably more value than anything you could ever experience or store up on this earth? It is way more valuable than we will ever comprehend until we see it for what it is in all its fullness. This value of the kingdom of God is so much greater than any wealth, status, pleasure, desire, material need that we could ever find here in this life, in this kingdom of self. The kingdom of self is temporal where the kingdom of God is everlasting. And if we understand the value, this is what we hear. If we understand the value of the kingdom, we would be willing to sell and let go of everything that we hold on to in order to invest and to receive the kingdom of God. So did you hear that? Did it sink into your spirit and do something that we call at Elevation Community Church real life change? Has it changed you? You know why? The word of God is not information. It's transformation. The word of God is not information. If you're reading for information, you missed it. If you're listening for the word of God, you will be transformed. And you will be changed. Are you listening? Week two, uh, we looked at how the kingdom of God operates with the, the vineyard workers. What did you hear? Did you just hear that everyone else gets paid the same even though they don't work the same? Or did you hear that God Almighty deeply longs to share his kingdom with everybody? Everyone. That's why Jesus sacrificially and generously gave his life to give you the kingdom. Do you realize that? Let's stop right there. Jesus gave his life to give you the kingdom. Did you hear that in order to be a part of the kingdom of God, that means we actually give back what Jesus has given us for the benefit of others? Grace, mercy, forgiveness. And we leave the judgment and justice up to the Almighty Father. And we give grace and love and mercy and we meet them right where they're at even if they don't agree or look like you do. Because it's been given to you, and so the kingdom of God operates by giving that to others. What have you heard? What are you hearing? Are you hearing the kingdom of this world and everything that it bleeds over social media and the news and everywhere else? Or are you tuning into the frequency of the Father's heart? Jesus, Jesus. 
It makes us tremble. In week three, we saw the parable of the lost coin and the lost sheep and the lost son to tell us who the kingdom of God is for. What did you hear? Did you just walk away and say, well, obviously I'm not a lost sheep or a coin. I can't relate. Or did you realize that you are just like the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son, completely lost without the kingdom of God? You can't earn the kingdom of God. You can't buy the kingdom of God. You cannot work your way into the kingdom of God. But there's someone who bought your way into the kingdom of God, and his name is Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is believe and receive, and you have received the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit brings the presence of the kingdom of God, and you become his dwelling place. That's unbelievable. That's the kingdom of God. That's how it operates. It's so upside down from how we in this world operate. Have you listened to that song called Reckless Love? We do it a lot. Have you really listened to the words have you really really listened to the words there's no shadow he won't light up mountain he won't climb up to get to you there's no wall he won't kick down lie you won't he won't tear down Coming after you, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases you down. Not forceful. But as a child that you love deeply is going the wrong way and they don't know it and you run after them. If I saw my son going into the road, I would do everything I could to stop him. And bring him back to my embrace. The overwhelming, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, he gave himself away. That's what the kingdom of God speaks. Are you listening? Week four, we looked at how the kingdom of God is being spread all over like a seed. Doesn't judge of where it's going to put and spread its seed. It spreads its seed everywhere. Are you willing to allow your heart to be the good soil where the seed can take root and grow? The upside down kingdom is spread and grows to our response of the word. Did you hear me? The upside down kingdom is spread And grows through our response of the word of God. And here's the cool thing. Write this down. Did you hear that the kingdom of God moves with the growth of God's word in your life? The kingdom of God will move and operate as the word of God grows in your life. Not seeing the kingdom of God produce fruit in your life? Probably the word of God is not moving and growing in your life. Some of you, this needs to set you free because some of you have grown up with this condemnation that if you don't literally open up the Bible every day and read it for two hours, 20 minutes, or two minutes, you're not getting it. I am not a reader. I don't enjoy reading. 
Now, I was just having a conversation uh, with my brother, uh, Dennis. And he is a reader. He consumes it. He eats it. He breathes it. He loves it. And I just can't relate. But you put me down in a room with some YouTube videos that show people worshiping God for who he is. I'm right there. I am in the presence of Jesus. And I like listening to sermons that bring the word of God to me. Don't let the Christian mold of how to engage with the word of God determine how you engage and listen to the word of God. Just felt, honestly, I felt chains break at that moment. Engage with the word of God. Eat it. Breathe it. Live it. Digest it. And spread it. Watch the kingdom of God grow. So, with the 10 minutes we have left or so, would you open up to Matthew 25? And we're going to close out this series with two parables. Two parables that have a very important message for all of us. So the question is, will you listen? God, I am listening right now. I have prepped my heart. I have prepared And now my ears of my heart are open. Come and mold us and teach us with power from your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Matthew 25, one thing before we even start reading, we understand that Jesus is making up a story to make a point about the kingdom of God. Will we listen and understand? And so the parable, the first one of the, uh, the ten maidens, some, some, some translations say the ten virgins, the ten maidens, it starts out by saying the kingdom of heaven will be like. The kingdom of heaven will be like. Take that scripture off. I'm going to um, actually talk about the maidens first. Thanks, Will. Perfect. It will be like. The kingdom of God will be like. Do you notice a difference from all the other parables we read? It stuck out to me this week. All the other parables that we've read to talk about how the kingdom operates and what it looks like and who it's for says the kingdom of heaven is like. Difference. It's describing the kingdom of God. Now it's saying it will be like, meaning in the future, this is going to happen. And what we'll find out later is at the end of your life as you know it before you leave this earth and then as you enter the kingdom of heaven, that's what it means it will be like. So we're looking at a a snapshot of your life before your very last breath here on earth. Okay? That's very important. We're listening, right? We're listening to what God has to say. So Jesus goes on to tell the story about ten maidens who are supposed to be part of this incredible, ultimate wedding party. But here's the thing. They don't know when the groom's going to show up. They don't know exactly when it's going to happen. And we see a differentiation between five maids and the others. The five maidens 
Five of the maidens are wise. Say wise. Wise. They heed the master's words, the groom's words, and they get prepared. They go and pack their bags. They go and fill their lamps with oil. They prepare. They're ready. They take him at his word. Why? Because they were listening. The other five maidens were foolish. Say foolish. And they said, you know what? I bet you the groom's not going to show up tomorrow. We've got time. It's all right. We, let's go home. Let's get some Amazon Prime and Netflix and let's just hang low. We don't have to pack yet. How many of you are last minute packers? Yeah. Just my, my wife, when she packed for college, she just throws everything in her car. No boxes, no nothing. Just throws everything in the car and we got married and that changed. We now have suitcases. She puts her stuff on the side and I fold it and put it on in. I turned in my man card a long time ago, y'all. Are you prepared? They weren't prepared. They were focused on their own needs and they weren't focused on the big wedding that was coming. They weren't focused on what they needed to do to be a part of the wedding. They were focused on what felt good and what's going to make them happy now. And it will wait. Well, guess what? The groom shows up. And he takes the five wise maidens who were ready and waiting. And he takes them into his kingdom, into the wedding feast, where the five maidens who weren't prepared missed it. They missed it. Jesus ends the parable with the groom telling the foolish maidens, Believe me, I don't know you, so you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my coming. Now, in the first part of this series, the first Sunday, I talked about the value of the kingdom, and I said, We joyfully and sacrificially pursue what we greatly value. It's just a human principle. Look at your life. What you pursue is what you value in the moment. What you pursue is what you greatly value. Jesus is making a strong point here and saying, if you are joyfully and sacrificially pursuing my kingdom, you will be ready and prepared and you will be focused on my coming. You see, the first time Jesus came, he brought the kingdom of God as a baby to live a sinless life. Why? To bring us back to the kingdom, to pay the penalty with his life and bury it in the grave so that we could have life in the kingdom of God. That's called the gospel, the good news. And then he didn't stay in the grave. By the power of God, by the power of the kingdom of God, he raised to life. He ascended to the heavens where he even now sits on the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. The first time he came for us to make a way for you and me. But the second time, he's coming like that groom, ready for his bridegroom who is ready and prepared. He is going to come 
not as a baby, but as a king of kings and lord of lords, the mighty warrior. And he is going to wreak havoc. Reap havoc, not wreak, but havoc will wreak. He will reap havoc on all the dominions of darkness and bring destruction to all evil. And he will establish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And he is going to take all who have received the kingdom of God within them to his kingdom. That's what we need to prepare for. Are you listening and are you ready? Jesus is coming back. And he's waiting for people who are going to be prepared and ready. And so now we go on. If you go on with me in Matthew 25, verse 14 through 13. He says, for it will be like, again, he's pointing to the future because he says, for the kingdom of God will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted, say entrusted, to them his property. To one he gave him five talents, to the other two, and to the other one. To each according to his ability. Time out there. Three major points. Number one, talents were simply a measurement of money. Whether it's property, silver, gold, whatever. It's a measurement of money. And in that day, it was worth about $15,000 in our day. One talent. Valuable. Substantial amount. It says that he entrusted it to these servants. Remember, this is a made-up story to make a primary point about the kingdom of God. He entrusted to them his property, his talents. He didn't just give them his wealth. He didn't just say, here you go. He didn't even loan it to them. He entrusted it to them. He allowed them to have that, to manage it in different amounts of his wealth. And then it says, each according to his ability. Well, that's not fair. Well, let's just look at the business principle that we live by today. A boss and a manager is going to give more opportunity to the one who has done the most with the opportunities given to him. That's what Jesus is saying here. He skilled us all differently. But it's not about what you have. It's what you do with it. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. So let's go on. Then he went away, and he who had received five talents went once and traded with him. So he did something with it, and he made five talents more. So also he went to the one who had two talents, made two talents more. But the one who received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Why? Because he was afraid. So it's very important to note here when the master comes back. It's very important to know that The master comes back after a long time. Verse 19. Now after a long time. Can you say long time? A long time. You know what a long time means? In Jesus' words. Is a lifetime. The kingdom of God will be like. At the end of your lifetime. At the end of my lifetime. God is going to come to us and say, what did you do with what you had? What did you do 
with what you had. Not how much you had. What did you do with what I entrusted you? And he who had received the five talents, verse 20, came forward bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you entrusted to me five talents. You entrusted this to me. It wasn't mine. You didn't give it to me. You didn't loan it to me. This is what you allowed me to manage. And guess what? I managed it. Here, see, I made five talents more. Verse 21, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. Five talents at 15,000 a pop, it's not a little. But in the kingdom of God, it's a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master, the joy of the kingdom of God. We have no idea the joy that is awaiting us. Verse 22, and he also and he also who had the, uh, he went to the one who had two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered or entrusted to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little and I will set you over a much. Enter into joy, into the joy of your master. And then if there's a soundtrack behind this, it turns to the music of Jaws. Right? You know something's going to happen and it's not good. And so what happens? And if this was after a lifetime, guys, and he just dug a hole and put it in one bag in there, I don't even know if he could find it after a lifetime of where he put it. And he says this, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Time out. Let's listen to what's going on here. Did you notice how he addressed the master first and foremost? Unlike the two other servants who said, you've entrusted this to me. It's not mine. Wasn't mine to keep. Wasn't mine to keep idle. You entrusted it to me. What does he say? What does he say? He says this. Before he even tells the master what he did with the money, what does he say? He said, I just want to let you know that this is your fault. Don't be mad. Don't be mad with what I got to do. Do you remember that um, uh, nationwide commercial? Where the, the son gets in an accident and he goes to his parents' bedroom. And he says, I just got in a minor fender bender. But don't worry about that because we have insurance. Did you know about that? And then she says, six weeks without the car, go to bed. It's like this guy is saying, look, let's not really even talk about what I didn't do with it. Let's talk about what you did to me because it's your fault. I know you're a winner-takes-all kind of guy. You're a hard driver. I know you get way more than your fair share. You're just an intimidating, big, cotton-headed mini-muggins, right? Those of you elf fans caught that. Now, before you get really mad at me, Master, anyone else would have done what I did. And I was afraid of you. And so I hid it, dug a hole, put it in there. But his master said, verse 26, you wicked and lazy, worthless servant. Let's listen here what Jesus is saying. The master in this story is not mad because the servant did something bad. 
He's mad because the servant didn't do anything at all. He's not mad because the servant did something wicked or immoral. He's mad because the servant didn't value what was entrusted to him and didn't do anything with it. And so for to everyone who has will more be given, verse 29, and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here's what happens when people aren't listening. They say, oh my gosh, the manager just sent him to hell. And so what that means for us is if we don't manage our money, well, we're going to go to hell. So guess what? There's giving stations in the back. You can give online. Let's, <laughs> let's pray. Let's close in prayer. Father, that's not what he's saying. Are we listening? What he's saying is he's not going to be in that master's inner circle because he doesn't value what the master has entrusted to him. And the gnashing of teeth, you know what gnashing of teeth is? It's frustration. Have you ever done, oh, I missed it. I can't believe I did that. Idiot. Right? It's that frustration. He missed the opportunity. He missed it. Epic fail. So what do we really hear from this parable? What do we hear from this parable? What are you listening to? What are you hearing right now? Here's what I think the Spirit of God is saying. What you have is less important than what you do with it. We've all been given different gifts and talents entrusted to us by God. And the next. Uh, no, sorry, the next. Uh, code. Yeah, thank you. What are you doing to do with what? <laughs> what are you doing with what God has entrusted you? What are you doing with what God has entrusted to you? Because you realize each one of you are made by the master's hands. And he has gifted you and he has wired you with things in your life. Some of them you absolutely love and adore and you're so thankful to God. And some of the things in your life you absolutely abhor. And you don't know why God gave you that. You don't know why God gave you that bill of health. You don't know why God gave you the looks that you have. Or the job that you have. But whether you like it or not, God give, gave you a bookshelf where your bookshelf is unique to you. No one else in this entire world has a bookshelf like you. Let's look at it. Your family is a part of your story. God has given you that your family for a reason, whether you like them or whether you don't. And he's uniquely made you through your family. He's given you amounts of time. Some of you have less time than others. He's given us 24 hours in a day. He's given us 50 years to live on this earth, 100 years. It, who knows? But on your shelf is your time. And in your shelf, he's given you a network of people, of friends, people in your life on purpose. 
They're a part of your life. They're they're talents and wealth that God has given you. What will you do with it? How are you utilizing what God has given you? Some of you have a measure, all of us have a measure of degree of education, of learning, that's on our shelf. What about your visions and your dreams for your life? God gives us desires in our hearts so that he could bless those and bring the kingdom of God in and through your life. What about your profession? Some of you are in your job right now that God has given you. Some of you aren't there yet. And some of you are going to go from profession to profession because God has you on that journey. You have talents. Every one of you have talents and skills. How are you using your talents and skills for God? He's entrusted these to you. And there's something I can't really go into, but they're spiritual gifts. When you receive the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You are dwelling places for the Spirit of God. The kingdom of God lives in you. And when the kingdom of God lives in you, there's kingdom gifts that come into each person. Gifts that are supernatural. Gifts that are of the kingdom of God. Why? To make you uniquely you and to bring about the kingdom of God for the benefit of others. The power of the Spirit working in you. You have money, different forms of money. Some of you have invested tons and some of you are living check by check. Doesn't matter. Whatever your shelf is, is unique to you. Your bill of health looks different all across the board. And the last is the question mark. Do you know that you have a question mark in your life? And what I mean by that is there is something that makes you, you. Something that you do, and in the way you do it, is different than everybody else. You've got a 5% that no one, hardly anyone else shares. That God has uniquely gifted you to be you. So let me ask you. What are you doing with what you have? What are you doing with what you have? Because the master, the bridegroom, is coming. And he wants us to be prepared and ready. And here's another reason why. Are you listening? It's because there is a dark kingdom, the kingdom of the world, that needs to hear the kingdom of God. And they're going to hear, not just by you saying, repent, or you're going to go to hell. Not saying that's necessarily bad, but probably not as effective if you're not in a relationship with somebody. But what if you use your skills and your experience and your story to bring the kingdom of God to their front door? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? The band can come up. And I want to close with this. Are you listening? And so if you've tuned out, checked out, got distracted, just going to ask you to tune into my voice. There's this movie, one of my favorite movies, don't judge me. It's called The Greatest Showman. There is such 
spiritual truth in that movie, if you're listening. There's this group of misfits that have to hide from society. They have something in them that makes them uniquely them that just doesn't fit. And so they're like zombies in a maze. They're dead people walking. They have no value. And then someone comes along and calls them out and places immense value on their life. And they come alive. And there's lyrics from this movie. Uh, is it on there? Maybe not. It says this. When the world becomes a fantasy, meaning everything that you ever dreamed, it's paradise. That's the kingdom of God. And you're more than you could ever be because you're dreaming and listening with your eyes wide open. And you know you can't go back again to the world, the kingdom of self that you once were living in because you're living with your eyes wide open. So come alive. What are you going to do with what's been entrusted to you? Because the kingdom of God is everything you've ever wanted. It's everything you've ever need. And it's here right in front of you. This is where you want to be. Would you stand? Close your eyes if you would. This is a heart-to-heart moment with God. Because much like the parable, he's coming to your heart right now and saying, what are you going to do with the little or the much that I have given you for the benefit of others? Will you live in the kingdom to where it's everything you've ever wanted, everything you'll ever need, and it's right in front of you. You just need to grab a hold of it. I'm going to ask you one question. What would this next week, what would this next year, and what would the rest of your lifetime look like if you began to use the gifts, the talents, the wiring, the experience that God has given you graciously and generously and start to live out the kingdom and advance the kingdom of God. What would it look like? Church, what would it look like if we walked out of these doors and we started living like we actually have authority from a whole other kingdom? And the authority comes in power, but it also is displayed in generosity, in mercy, in compassion, and in love. Not in pride, not in arrogance, not in judgment. The kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is living inside of you. What will you do with what you have?